And when I called my family to tell them that, that we were getting married, they said, don't you have to have a boyfriend first? Because we were never officially anything. And I said, well, no, of course, it's just Scott. And they went, oh, perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome. Ready? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're breathing. Sorry, I'm breathing. I'm not allowed <laughs> to breathe. Welcome to episode 95. We're Finn and Emma. And today, who are we talking to? Eliza. And Scott. Wow, you sound excited about that. Well, I, I am excited. I just try I try not to be too excited. Anyway, they have known each other for over 25 years. They just got married, and they have an amazing story, and they talk a lot about why it's kind of hard to label ourselves in these types of situations. You know, it's they're exploring non-monogamy in their own way, and um, it's hard to put a label on it. Yeah, it's also a pretty emotional story and normally I, I edit I don't I guess I don't edit out a lot of that type of stuff but I just wanted to make kind of a note here that I left in some of the longer pauses and pieces because I didn't want to take away from the emotion that that was really present during this conversation so I just wanted people to be aware of that I don't know why <laughs> I'm not sure either but it's okay um, but now you know Anyway, a few quick announcements, and then we'll get into the interview. First off, our Patreon Q&A call, our next one, is going to be on Wednesday, November 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. If you're interested in jumping on the call and being part of the group, we'd love to have you. Go to our website and click on the Patreon banner so, to see how you could join. And just to clarify, there's going to be two calls, one, one at 9 Eastern and one at 9 Pacific. I thought I said that. I zoned out for a minute. <laughs> I'm pretty you sure might, I did. You might have, but I just wanted to make it clear for anyone else who zoned out. Okay. Wednesday, November 20th. Anyway. The other thing was uh, last week, I'm going to keep this really short, but last week we mentioned some ways to save some extra money using the STD check service. I just wanted to make sure that that was pretty clear. So we're going to really quick do a, a recap. So if you use the links on our website or in the show notes, you can save $10 off. If you call them and you are a couple, you can probably save like $15 a person or potentially 10%. They're, they're kind of open-ended. Like we've, we've tried it a few times and the number has been different. They basically will give you a discount if you're a couple. And also if you're a returning customer, there will be a link inside of your profile to get 10% off as a returning customer. What we wanted to make sure people understood is that if you do use the returning customer link or if you call them and get a discount, they are not able to combine those discounts with the affiliate discount, which would mean you would get the discount, but we would not get credit for it. We're okay with that. We just wanted people to know if 
they need to save the extra $10 or $5 or $15 to please go ahead and do that. But if you're able to use our links to help support the show, please do that as well. We, we just try to be transparent in these things and we wanted to be clear about how this works and ways you can support us and also ways that you can save a few extra dollars. Yes. So that wasn't super short, but it was clear, I think. Bottom line. It was short for me. <laughs> it's true. Use the link of links on our webpage if you want to support the show. And if not, or if you need the extra um, amount off, please use the other ways to do that. Like well, Finn just explained. I was going to say it was short and then you just recapped it all. <laughs> We're rocking this intro here. Anyway. Another okay. quick fun thing that happened. Today, we're recording this the day before. So this is Tuesday. This morning. Yes, we da- got an awesome shout out from Dan Savage. Oh, easy. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, so he read one of our tweets on his show, which is awesome. And it's it's really cool to get an awesome shout out from him. If anybody's not aware who Dan Savage is, uh, we have links in the show notes. Check out his show. It's one of our favorites. We've been listening to it for years and years. We're Magnum subscribers, and we highly recommend it. This is uh, just something that we thought, hey, we should mention this to people since he kind of shouted us out. There's definitely no no quid pro quo here. Oh, my gosh. No. It was, <laughs> no, no, no. It was a perfect shout out. No quid pro quo. <laughs> anyway. Well, there, uh, to so be fair, th- there's a lot of shout outs about Dan Savage on our show because we reference him a lot. But anyway, thank you to him and thank you for his whole team for everything they do yes. and for throwing a little love our way. We yes. really appreciate it. And we're super excited this morning. Yes. And last but not least, I know the last few weeks we've been requesting voicemails and we're still going to request voicemails. So if you're thinking about sending us one, please do so. What are we asking about, Finn? We just need you really quick. To share how you brought up non-monogamy to your partner or how they brought it up to you. You can be anonymous, but please, we would love it if you would do this because we're going to do a special episode with Catherine from episode 57, who is a coach and counselor, and she's going to talk to us about intentional conversations and how we can have these conversations better and more effectively. And part of that will be listening to these calls and talking about what people did right and what people maybe did wrong. And so please feel free to do this, whether you nailed it or whether you could have done it better. And and also realize that this is not in any way like a, a criticism of you. It's just a way to help everybody do this better in the future. Right. And if you do leave us a voicemail, you will be consenting to have your voice on the show. I just want to make that super clear. But please, we really would love some people to call in and leave us voicemails. If you want to do so, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. On the contact us page, there's a big button that says leave us a voicemail. Also on our webpage, you will find... um, And you can do it right from your phone. You don't have to have a microphone and all sorts of fancy shit. That's very good. That's a good point. Let's stop talking. You'll find a lot of other stuff on our website. That's what I was going to say, but I don't even go into that. Tons of (laughs) porn, all sorts of pictures of Emma. (laughs) Okay, let's go talk to Eliza and Scott. Scott and Eliza, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Well, this afternoon, (laughs) actually. I think it's morning on their end of the country. (laughs) It is morning, and thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're... Like Emma said, we're excited to have you. You reached out maybe about a month ago or so and uh, had kind of an interesting twist on the whole thing. So 
we'll we'll definitely get there. But before we do, do you mind talking, just introducing yourselves for us and for the listeners? Okay. Um, I'm Eliza. I'm in my early 40s. And um, Scott and I are kind of recently married, about 18 months, even though we've known each other for 24 years and have been friends for 24 years. Yeah, that's just about us. <laughs> this is Scott. Hi, I'm Scott. Uh, I'm the other half. Um, uh, yeah, we've been best friends for over 24 years, mm-hmm. and um, ours is an interesting story. Um, <laughs> we've had an on and off kind of uh, connection for those 24 years. And... I always called him my puzzle piece. Yeah. I've never believed in like soulmates. I've always believed in puzzle pieces uh-huh. and those puzzle pieces can be family or friends or lovers. And he's been one of my puzzle pieces since I've been like, I've been saying that since I'm 19. So yeah. Like people who fit into your life at different times or different reasons type thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I've never been looking for the one, um, but he just happens to be the one that fits me the best. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and so, so what was the motivation then to after eighteen or so years to to decide to finally get married? Uh, well, that was interesting. Uh, um, we've been kind of dating for what? What was it? Well, we never even called it dating. We no. were friends. My family knew him as one of my friends. Um, and then we had a couple of traumatic events in our lives involving him and one of my best friends. And I just got to the point, I had never wanted to be married. Um, but after those events, I just, like, it clicked something inside me and I started to, like, beg him to marry me. And it took me about three months. <laughs> um, so so, so yes. had, you, had, you, had you two been, like, dating before that? We had. Um, throughout our history, we had both been in relationships you know i had been married previously uh she had been in a long-term relationship and but we'd always had some history and so it just kind of worked out that like at this point in our lives we were both single kind of for the first time ever yeah and i did not want to be in a relationship me neither nope. i did not want to get married um but we ended up like pretty much being in a relationship without being in a relationship until um, it was what about November of 2017, 17. She said, Hey, I know you better than you know yourself. And I know you better than anybody. And it's true. She does. (laughs) She's like, so I know that you like to foster relationships with people. And I want to encourage you to do that. And if, whatever possibility like arises from that, I want you to take that. So essentially she was saying, let's, let's be in an open relationship. Let's define it. Let's finally define it as a relationship, but as an open one. And um, And you were not, you were not married at this point yet. We were not even in a relationship. And so, yeah. (laughs) So then it's like, okay, that sounds fantastic. All right. Sold. (laughs) So, uh, and then it was finally, uh, it was December. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, December. uh, December. Yeah. It was Christmas Eve. Um, I was on my way to work and it was in a car accident. I walked away unscathed, but 
had I not braked when I did, I, it could have ended badly. And so that was kind of a wake up call. It kind of opened my eyes. It kind of opened up both of our eyes. And, um, eyes is that's not even a word. God. Okay. Opened up both of our eyes. And, um, then she asked me, she's like, Hey, will you marry me? And I looked at her and said, Probably. Most definitely. <laughs> yes. And that's, and, yeah. And that's, yeah. And then we were married like two months later. So. And when I called my family to tell them that we were getting married, they said, don't you have to have a boyfriend first? Because we were never officially anything. And I said, well, no, of course, it's just Scott. And they went, oh, perfect. <laughs> we were, we're glad. <laughs> yeah. He was never my, he was literally kind of never my boyfriend. And then he was my husband. Yes. And wow. yet. They, they all like accepted it and you know were like oh yeah no we saw that coming <laughs> yeah well you had been around for so long right and you had been oh. such good friends yeah but but at the same time you were before this marriage proposal you had discussed an open relationship even though you weren't in a relationship so that that's a little confusing how how <laughs> in, a, in a good way how did that how did that work and how did that form after that? Well, I could tell he and we were we were dating without titles, right? So we were spending nights together. We were obviously having sex. We were very intimate with each other emotionally and physically. But I could tell he was developing a crush on somebody at work. And even though we had never defined it, I didn't want him to feel like he was going to be cheating on me if he pursued this, even though we had never defined it, right? So I just kind of wanted to, at the same time as calling it a relationship, also let him know that as long as you're honest with me, you can't cheat on me. And I've known you with other people our whole lives, and I've, you know, loved you anyway and supported you in those relationships, and I can see that going forward. Well, so has it it developed into something that you're actually – practicing like today are you practicing some form of non-monogamy other than the verbal uh permission yes 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 we are um that instance um that that crush at work didn't go really too far um but that was our first foray into it and you know the subsequent um you know uh, meltdowns and growing and um meltdowns yeah <laughs> lots of meltdowns and a lot of communication um but that was uh, our trial run and then we kind of landed on our current situation which is uh, we have ourselves a girlfriend we call her we call her a girl our girlfriend um so yeah um we are practicing yes and by practicing, I mean it takes practice every damn day to get through a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so did you ever, Eliza, Did had you ever wanted to be in multiple relationships at once? Or were, were you more monogamous-minded? I know you said you never really wanted to get married, but what was your I've been in that? So I grew up uh, Mormon, and I always was familiar with, you know, polygamous, which just to be very clear is very different from polyamory or any of these other definitions. But I always joked growing up, I mean, if you're going to have a bunch of kids, it just made logical sense to me 
to have like all these mothers running around to help raise the kids. So in that, my brain always agreed with the idea of it. But no, I've always been very monogamous. I've never, um, I, I've never had the desire to try and balance two relationships. I've never had a one night stand. Um, I've had sex with very few people in my life. So this is all very, very, very foreign to me. He has had more, more travels on those roads than I have yeah. by far. And you haven't identified as bisexual either. It doesn't sound like. Uh, I just haven't had that many opportunities to even experiment or ask myself that question because I think I landed pretty squarely in a box for a long time. And so I'm just now kind of, you know, peeking out windows and doors and then closing my doors again and staying safe in my box. But I'm trying. <laughs> yes. And she's made like leaps and bounds, like the progress she's made. It's, it's insane. And uh, it's, it warms my heart. Like it, <laughs> she's just the most amazing woman, and I am very fortunate and lucky to have her. Sorry, mushy stuff. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, Sorry. it's so it's sweet. Yeah, it's a little gross. <laughs> yeah. No, it totally is. Come on. I'm just kidding. No, I. But I think maybe it's it's a good it's a good transition back to like you said that there were some meltdowns and that this hasn't been without some learning experiences. Do you mind going into a little bit of detail about like what like what what have some of those been and how have you come out the other side of them? Well, I seem to, he's been very um, liberal with me, dictating how I think things are going to be comfortable for me. So I, I'm, I have these rules in my head, and I set these rules, and then I keep kind of talking myself out of them just by, like, internally processing things and processing things with him. But just like, for example, um, we had said – no dating anybody that we'd already had a history with. Um, at the time, I felt like that might make me a third wheel, especially because he's had friendships that have been sexual and transitioned back to friendships and back and forth with a few people in his life. So he would, I, it just made me uncomfortable to think of somebody else that he's maybe known for 10 years coming back into his life and where would I fit in with that? And so that was a rule for a long time. And then I came to realize, but who else would I want to trust him with is somebody that he's known for a long time. And they have this steady relationship and that there is a sense of security in that. And so I let go of that boundary. And that's just been, that's one example. Of, I've gone back and forth on so many things and he's just so patient with me as I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it hasn't, I mean, it hasn't been that long, really, right? Like, you, I feel you've made a lot of progress, but you're also sounds like giving yourself the um, time and space to do that. Like, you can, you can, you're being patient. Oh, yeah, we are not in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of talking and planning and fantasizing before things happen. And then there's listening to podcasts and reading books and finding like Facebook support groups. And so for every like step we make in real life behind the scenes, I've, you know, already dug a path, <laughs> you know? Right. So you're now like 
more exploring the polyamorous um, relationship model, not, or maybe I'm wrong <laughs> based on your reaction. <laughs> well, I wish I knew, because this has been a question I've asked him kind of from day one. What What is this for you? Are we in an open relationship? Do you just want to swing or is this more poly? And I've asked him that question a million times and we vacillate. Yeah, we we haven't really landed on a particular label and I'm okay with that because I don't really like the whole labeling thing. And that was another thing I wanted to touch on was the... Um, because if you're swingers, how can you have a girlfriend? If you're poly, you can't swing. If you're, you know, it's just all these different, if, we don't want to label ourselves anything because we kind of bounce between all of the above. Well, yeah. that's that's really, that's great because it doesn't matter, the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. Like I asked that question, but at the same time, your relationship is whatever you define it to be. So it doesn't really matter whether you're practicing polyamory, swinging, uh, the uh, open relationship, it, it doesn't matter, but... I was trying to press you a little bit just to describe what you were. Or, yeah, or maybe doing. what is it? What is it you are looking for? Like regardless of the label. <sighs> That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> right now, I really enjoy the playing together. Um, I'm just. She's kind of pushing, not pushing, not pushing. She's kind of trying to nudge me into maybe uh, taking our girlfriend out on a solo date and maybe uh, some solely solo play sessions. But I, I'm, I am almost not comfortable with that yet. Um, I kind of enjoy having her there. It just, I don't know. It makes me comfortable to have her there, even though I know that it causes her a little bit of discomfort to be there sometimes. Um, sometimes, not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes. I I have what we've called them like twinges where um so we've had threesomes with the girl that we're dating. Um we had kind of a a drunken foursome. Pseudo foursome. Um <laughs> and I've been fine through a lot of it, but then I do have moments of, oh, I get very not okay sometimes. And I'm usually able to work the first couple, three times I was not able to work through it in the moment and had, we had some difficulties and thank goodness she was so patient and understanding that just made me care for her even more. But now I'm able to, like, if I do have that moment, I can work through it and he and I can process afterwards. But I, because I bring from my perspective, some difficulties to those situations. Sometimes I feel guilty because I, you know, I, I wish I were, you know, a happy slut and was able to like get it on with whomever and enjoy these physical interactions, but I don't operate that way. I operate on a deeper level. I need connections with people. So I feel bad that my personal limitations can affect his sexual encounters with people, it potentially in a negative way. And so I do want him to explore having those without me, but I'm not there to, I don't know, weigh you down or keep you from experiencing whatever you want to experience or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that's, I mean, very common things to feel. I'm, I was curious though, you like you said you, you have trouble in the moment. Is it 
Do you mind like expanding on that? Is it trouble with, with jealousy or is it trouble with just you're not comfortable doing what, what is happening and it's like more of a shame around it? Um, it's not a jealousy. I'm not really a jealous person. Um, there's the only way I can describe it is it's a very juvenile feeling of mine. I don't want to share my toy and I don't know what word to use for that. But you know, it, when I see like if a song comes on, that's one of our songs and it's when, you know, we're having a, a group interaction that's, you know, I feel like something's invading in my space or taking my toy from me. I don't know what the word is though. Mine. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, and so it's not really a shame, like you're not ashamed to be there or you're ashamed to be doing the things it's. Yeah. No, no, I have no shame in it. I'm pretty open with, you know, if, if, Anybody who I feel safe talking to knows about our situation. Um, so, no, it's not a shame thing. It's just I, I I don't find fulfillment in shallow sexual interactions. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to have an orgasm. I know that. You're, like, 99% sure it hasn't happened yet, really. But um, I don't know. I just – I. It's not shame. It's just me figuring out how to be more sexually comfortable. I have a very low sexual IQ. <laughs> well, and it sounds like you're you're you are exploring that and you're trying to figure that out. And I, maybe maybe you don't define what you're feeling as exactly as jealousy, but maybe it's related, right? Because you're not really like afraid to let him go with someone else but you like you said you don't want when something comes on that's yours that is a trigger of some sort like that's that feeling comes up and I think it is kind of re- related to jealousy in a way but that's not a bad thing like that's that's, that's just yeah. what it is and that you can work through that and that you're acknowledging it and can feel it in the moment and communicate about it yeah I got to experience that uh, firsthand uh, a couple weeks ago uh, for the first time because um, we we went out to a show with uh, our girlfriend and one of my best buddies, and um, it was a bad week for both the girls, and uh, I just wanted them to cut loose and have a good time, and uh, they did. <laughs> they had a great time, and they both were enamored with my uh, with my buddy. And um, they both got really drunk and and proceeded to like you know um, I don't I don't want to say fawn over him but they kind of did <laughs> they kind of fawned over him and um, at certain points in the show you know I I would notice that you know my wife would be rubbing his back or holding his hand and I would have those momentary like oh that no because we did, we did not talk about this going into it and nothing. So it was kind of out of the blue. And so I had those moments of like, what? what, what what's okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She's having a good time. She's with one, you know, it's two of my favorite people in the world, my best buddy and my, my wife. And no, this is fine. This is okay. Like I want them to have a good time. I, you know, I just, but I threw a couple of times throughout the night, I did have those moments of like, Ugh. It's mine. So I had I had to work through those in the moment. And, 
which I also feel is very normal. So don't, don't beat yourself yeah. up too much. But the fact that you were able to work through it and not freak out or even if you did freak out, not cause a scene maybe. <laughs> that, well, no, cause it, cause it, yeah, obviously I got through it because when we got home, it kind of turned into a drunken foursome. So. <laughs> well, I think other than other than that is a solution. Like, how are some of the ways that you've both worked through those things? Like, it sounded like Eliza, you've worked through it in the middle of like playing, and and Scott, you've worked through it at a you know at a dinner show or whatever specifically it was. The concert <laughs> <laughs> or dinner show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, God, we talk a lot. Um, one of the, I, I'm not good at, at swinging, but I am very good at like conversations and he's the opposite. So I, I, I'm a horrible conversationalist. I am not a good talker. Uh, that was the, one of the, well, <laughs> one of the many issues with my last marriage. Um, I just don't communicate. So this is, not, I don't want to say forcing me, but it kind of is forcing me to open up and communicate more and talk more. And so I feel like I've made a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's helpful in that way. It's just, it's more talking than anything. And I'm, I'm learning like in the, the current situation that we're having, I keep coming at it. We, we're not landing on agreeing him. He's not comfortable yet with him playing separately. And I would like him to explore that a little bit more. And this is a conversation we've been having on and off for about two weeks. And so I'll approach it this way and then I won't get, I'll get stonewalled and then I'll, okay, I'll let it go. We go on with our day or night and then I'll reapproach it maybe from a different angle and see where I can get. And some of the conversations are more productive and some of them are less productive, but, um, it just is a constant conversation. Right. Well, and I guess on the flip side, then, are you interested in exploring, uh, like, in a, on your own as well, Eliza? Or is are you fairly content just letting him explore what he wants to explore because you've you found that deep connection with him and that's more what you were looking for? Yes and no. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would be perfectly content with just him. I'm uh, built that way. I'm programmed that way. But because we're going through this journey together, I I have explored. I've had a dating app. I've had guys messaging me. I've never gone any further than that. You know, I haven't gone on a date or any of that separately. Um, but I do think it's beneficial for me to see things from his perspective. And, you know, he talked about that night at the concert and it was helpful for me to have, share a kiss or an intimate like muzzle with somebody and know that in my own brain, I don't love him any less. And so for the first time kind of seeing it from that perspective, it helped me a little bit understand where he's coming from. So while, no, I'm, I'm not really wanting to seek it out and I would be fine without it. I think it, it gives me a better understanding of our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing your own opposition research to, yes. <laughs> to <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's, you know, 
it's a fascinating approach because I think there's a lot of people who out there would say, first of all, like, if you're not interested in it, then you wouldn't, you shouldn't be doing it, right? But I, I guess I don't agree with that. But also, it's, it's amazing that you were the one who really pushed him into it, even though you don't really want it for yourself, but you knew it was something that he was going to enjoy. And I think, I think that's pretty amazing. And I don't know how you, how you come to be in that position, but I find it fascinating. Well, I just, I, I love him. And I know that like, I I always tell him, I want him to be the most him he can be every day. And I don't want him to ever hold himself back from expressing himself or exploring anything that might make him happy because I feel like that would make him less whole. And I want all of him. Right. And so I don't want him to suppress any of those desires for my benefit. Because what else would be suppressed? And that would make me sad. Right. She is the most amazing woman ever. I love her so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm curious on the the flip side then, Scott. Like, is it like you, you would not. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> you don't need to apologize. <laughs> but would so you would I mean it sounds like you don't really want to go pursue this individually though right now, right? You want it to be more of a group, something you're sharing with her and she wants you yeah. to go and do it on your own. So you're kind of at a at an impasse. Except we're not cuz we're in a great current circumstance where we could stand still for a minute. And we're okay standing still for a minute, but yeah, no, it's just I, I I'm just like so in awe of like this this gift that she is giving me every day. Um, I I'm okay with taking baby steps, and um, if she's okay with the current situation, I'm I'm okay with being in the current situation because I'm really enjoying like just the three of us being together and not even just like sexually, like the way they interact, they've developed a friendship and, and the way they interact just like warms me every time. It just melts me. It, it, it makes me so happy like to see them get along and um, the friendship that they've, that they've formed. I'm probably better friends with her at this point than he is. Yeah. And he's known her for five years or something. And I just met her five months ago. Wow. (laughs) And so does this seem like, I guess on both of your behalfs, like a, a a formula that could work long-term where you, you, Eliza get to have some deeper connections with people and he gets to, he gets to explore the sexual side, but, yeah, it's it seems like it could be what works. Yeah, but at the same time, like I don't want us to become I, I don't want us to stop here. I do wanna keep exploring. I'm just okay with it being slow mo as we've been. But one of the rules that I've set kind of from the first conversation we had with this is and it was it's for my benefit as well as his is First of all, if we're not if we're not monogamous, we don't want our partners to be. Sorry. Um, yeah. We don't want to ask fidelity from somebody else. 
So we would never want like a closed triad. We would always want, you know, for him to keep exploring or for her to find a relationship, however that works. Um, And then the other thing too is, you know, we can never back out of this. So it's always a little bit, we need to, in my, from my perspective, I want to kind of keep moving forward, but slowly, I'm okay with slowly, but I, I don't want us to, yeah, I, I, re- I don't want to close triad. I want you to keep, and I want her to keep, and I'm okay. <laughs> well, well, it, it, even, it even sounds like you wouldn't want to close the relationship, like your relationship back to being monogamous either because you know that Scott's necessarily might not minded like that. And so you would always feel like he would be taking one, I guess, that for the team or taking one something away from right. himself for you. And right. so while this is difficult and it's hard, you wouldn't want it to any other way. Right. Which makes sense, but it's not easy. <laughs> it's not because I, I mean, there's been moments, I'm sure he's had them too, where like, you know, this is too hard, but can we just stop? <laughs> like, it would be easier if we didn't have to, you know, have these conversations and we don't fight. We don't have disagreements with each other ever. The only time we have conflict is about this issue. And so sometimes I feel like if we weren't doing this, you know, it would be smooth sailing, but I also know that it wouldn't because it would be taking something away from him. I always tell her, even like in like the worst moments, like the worst fights or arguments that we have, I'd rather have that than nothing at all. Like I, I'm enjoying like the journey that we're going on together and the progress that we're making together. Like um, she, we always, we always talk about, she's always on one end of the spectrum. I'm always on the other. Like I'm so malleable and laid back and she's so. I like to overthink things and I like to answer questions before they're asked. And I like to think of, we call it Dr. Stranging. If anybody's seen, (laughs) uh, if anybody in the world has possibly seen infinity war, I don't know. It's pretty obscure. (laughs) Um, But in it, Dr. Strange thinks of, you know, 4,222,000 possibilities for this ending. I, Dr. Strange things, I have to break them down into all the different possibilities. And then when I'm confronted with it, I'm not caught off guard in a moment. I already know what I'm going to do. And he is just like, cool, let's go, whatever. You know, so I say I'm his ride or die, but I need to know where we're riding and why I have to die. <laughs> So what what we're trying to do is trying to meet in the middle. So for me to be less, uh, you know, aimless and carefree and to be a little more um, thoughtful, well, not thoughtful, thoughtful. and to be more precise in my, like, my, my thinking and for her to be a little more carefree. And uh, that's our goal is to meet in the middle and just have like the best of both worlds. Yeah. So one more, another question for Eliza. So like if I want to move on a little bit, but not quite yet. So if Scott were to come to you and say, you know, I want to be in this relationship with you and I want a monogamous relationship to you, with you, even though I know that's not necessarily my past, how, what would you think that conversation might be like? I mean, 
there's ebbs and flows in, in anything. And if he really came to me with like a sincere desire to pause and refocus, my first question would have to be, well, who are we hurting in that process? Right. Because if he came to me right now and said, okay, I, I want to stop this. I would, my first thing would be for a, like we, she's a part of our life now. I talk to her every day. Like what, how are we going to just cut her out? It's going to become where we kind of can't. And so I think even if he came to me with that conversation, I would probably like flip them around and push them in the other direction and be like, no, we're doing this. And, you know, even if it's just going like, we've yet to go to our local swingers club. Yeah. That's on the to-do list. So I would, you know, I would still try and like, no, fine. We can maybe close the window, but let's go walk through this door. We've never done this before and just kind of keep pushing him to, you know, because I know him better than he knows himself. <laughs> she does. <laughs> it's irritating. Well, and I think, I mean, you have a great attitude because you're open to possibly, ch- you know, you're open to changes. You're open to different things as life goes on. Right. And that's what I think is right. important. You're always, both of you are always making a choice to be in your relationship and to pursue the type of relationship you want. Yeah. And we tell each other that I choose you every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that even if he has whatever relationships he has in his life, he still chooses me. You know, I'm not his only friend. So why would I be his only lover? And I just know he's chosen me as a friend for 24 years. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, not at all. <laughs> so I ask her every day if we can stay married. So, and which is funny because he was the one that really didn't want it. Like when I first started asking him to marry me, he was like, Yeah, it took me a minute. And now that we're in it, he's, yeah, it's, it's taken me aback how much I've embraced being married and not just being married, but being married to her. Uh, My first marriage was right out of high school. We, we had a, we had a child. So he was doing the right thing and we got married for the wrong reasons. And so obviously that marriage didn't last. It was, it was bad news. Um, but this, uh, as much as I thought it, I have really taken to it and, um, I've really embraced it and it's, <laughs> it's the best decision I've made in my life. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So I I'm I picked up maybe I read into it too much, but I feel like you know Emma just gave you an out, uh, Eliza. Like if if uh, if Scott said I don't want to do this anymore, you would still be like, no, you're doing this, go do it. So I wonder, are there things that you really want to do that you have never experienced or done for yourself that you're you're also hoping to get out of this? even if that means having to develop a a deeper connection with somebody and it's not just a meaningless one night stand. No, I'm open to it. I, I don't know that I would actively seek it. And we've kind of even talked about that where we're, while yes, we do, we are on Cassidy and things like that. We are not actively seeking. I'm, we're more at this point, letting things happen organically um, and so, yeah, if something presented itself organically and, you know, if it was an intimate relationship, eventually I would 
we would explore that. There's no closed doors. We're open to whatever. Right. And have have you have you started exploring then since you now kind of have a girlfriend? Have you started exploring like your sexuality and that side of things as well, or is that is it mostly just been for Scott's benefit? Yes, and yes, <laughs> but but also, I mean, I've found myself in our kind of group interaction sometimes to be very neutral. I don't have too many like bad reactions to it, but I am more neutral. Like if I'm not. It makes me sometimes feel like I have deficiencies, and this harkens back to my like my last relationship that somehow I'm sexually broken, and so um, I, I tend to be. <laughs> so okay. I feel neutral. <laughs> Take your time; it's okay. So, yes, I have explored my sexuality with her. Um, I would have loved for, like, light bulbs to go off and, you know, oh, this is what I – and I actually wished for that. Like, I wish as we were exploring this that, like, something monogamous would flip off in my brain and, like, this, you know, polyamorous light bulb would come on and I would feel comfortable with the road that is before me. And that has so not happened. (laughs) I'm, you know – I find pleasure in some things and other things I'm just really neutral about. And I'm also not in a hurry to force those feelings to come. Um, So, and if they do, great. If not, then that's fine too. What? (laughs) No, that was super cute. That was super cute. You guys started to look at each other. (laughs) That's what happens when you. Thanks for making a try, Finn. Way to make the question. Yeah, well, you know. Ask the question. I'm a pro. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. We don't mean to make you two cry. It's, but we, we also. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about hard stuff and emotional stuff, and it's natural to have emotions about it. So. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to your guys' show a couple weeks ago, and you mentioned something about people saying, how come you haven't had any people on the show that it hasn't worked out for them? Every Everybody is, you know, happy and in love and, you know, skipping forward, holding hands. And we're actually, it's we're not there. This is hard stuff. This is a lot of tears. This is a lot of doubt um, and insecurity. <sighs> on both of our parts, yeah. Right. <laughs> but that it's, but it's, it's worth it to keep going. That's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm getting from you. Yes, absolutely. So, not changing the subject too much, but how about like other people in your lives? Have you are you open about what you're exploring, experiencing with other family, friends, anybody else in your life? Um, without being obnoxious about it, yeah. Um, we've (laughs) kind of really been letting people, you know, in on things and if it comes up again like organically in a conversation. Yeah. Um she's been to events where our kids have been. She's been to events where his brother has been. She's, you know, we've gone and seen my best friend perform in a play and it was the three of us. So nothing is behind closed doors that we're also not like 
you know, shaking pom-poms and drawing attention to our, you know, look at us, we're in an open relationship. Yeah, no, we're just yeah. living our life. And um, my, I don't have any family that lives close by, and I wouldn't be terribly inclined to include them in any of this, no. um, having been raised Mormon and all. Mm-hmm. But if they did find out about it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be ashamed of it. I wouldn't be apologetic. I would, this is my family. This is my relationship. This is my life. And we're choosing a path that works for both of us. Mm-hmm. No. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, and like you said, like backing up a little bit, you had said, you know, this, what you're doing is like, is not, um, I had something, and now I completely lost my train of thought, <laughs> and now I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, by my family standards, what we are participating in would be an alternative lifestyle, which right. is probably not very accepted by them. Right. And that's fine by me, right. because we can find acceptance in other places and other people who all are also living an alternative lifestyle. So. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that you're being open about that. Like, you you know, you may not be broadcasting it, but you're not ashamed of of what you're doing because this is what's working for you and that if people find out, then they find out. Hopefully they come to you with questions and not somebody else. Uh, and, you know, you're willing to talk about it and wanting to talk about it. So I think that's an excellent approach to have and a healthy one, too. Um, yeah. And like you said, this was my point from earlier. Uh, like you said, you know, there are times where it doesn't work that well for people. And this is, I mean, it, but you say it doesn't really work, but it, it is working. It's just difficult. So, and yes. you, you, and you both say you wouldn't have it any other way. So it's, it's tough, right? Like it's working, but it's, it's not working. And <laughs> well, I, I think, I think the point maybe that you're, you're going for is that it people looking listening in from the outside would say well if it's that hard stop doing it yes and you've you've even said like i wish i wish we could just stop doing this but you've also come to the realization that you know if you stopped you would you would be impacting each other's ability to be your authentic selves even if that's really hard to do and i think that's right. yeah that's not an easy place to get to it's not an easy place to be, right? But it's you. You wouldn't be happy if you were trying to deny it either, right? So it's tough. Well, going back to um, it, just again makes me appreciate her so much more. Like the the fact that she's giving me this gift, like she's choosing to give me this, and it just it. It blows me away every day and like again like even at our worst moments it's it's just rewarding because we're communicating we're talking we're working through things we're like we're working on ourselves and each other and we're building towards something that a lot of people don't do they just you know, they autopilot every day and they don't really live their life. They're not like living their relationship. It's just, 
cohabitating. And here we're actually like doing things and working on things together and building towards something. And it just, uh, to me, that's just so rewarding. Yeah, figuring out how to navigate negative emotions without running away is going to serve you well in all aspects of your life. You know, an early conversation we had, he said, well, okay, fine, we're going to do this, but aren't you going to be jealous? And I said, yeah. And he kind of paused and looked at me, and I said, of course I'm going to be jealous, but that's not an emotion that requires an immediate halt. I can figure out how to navigate that. I can process my own emotions. I can come out the other side of it as long as you're there to help me. If you, I, I want you to be 100% honest with me, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you, and that means unpacking a lot of this stuff on top of him and he helps me sort through it and there are good things that are coming from this it's not you know it it bleeds into all parts of our lives in a beneficial way yeah that's awesome i think yeah i'm trying to think of more questions but i i think that you two have an amazing approach to it all and I really thank you for coming and sharing your story and being open um, and vulnerable with the listeners. And I, I know that there will be people out there that can relate to some of the struggles and also some of the joy that you have experienced. I hope so. Cause it's, it can be isolating sometimes to, you know, find people while I'm honest with my girlfriend, they do not understand what I'm doing and they're, they're vocal about that. And I get it. They can't relate to it. So, you know, I, I I don't have people in this circumstance to relate to. It's a kind of a unique problem that we're having. <laughs> and so reaching out to you guys was actually one of my ways of working through. It was actually a pretty hard week. We'd had a lot of processing. Um, and so I was just trying new things. I was looking at different resources, different, you know, support groups or books or things like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to ride to Finanim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you did. And now look, now look what you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you, you, um, you included that you were okay sharing some of your contact information as well. Right. And so if that's still true, I mean, if there's people out there who can relate, like feel free to get in touch. Right. Because that's part of this is we want to build that community and put people in touch with each other. That if, yeah. if you have something you can relate to or questions like that, the more people can, can help each other, the better. We're not, we're not here to answer all the questions. In fact, we try not to. <laughs> so, or even ask all the questions sometimes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> apparently. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. And I hope that somebody or somebody's reaches out and that you are all able to find and support in each other. And I think that that's what this is all about. So. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, we would love that. Excellent. Well, are there any parting words that you wanted to, to share with us or, or? Well, actually, you had mentioned resources. You were looking for different things. Are there anything that you have found particularly beneficial? No, there's not. There's no book titled, Here's How to Navigate Polyamory for Scott and Eliza, right? Right. <laughs> um, so I, we found, I, 
at least a dozen different podcasts that I, I probably listen to three or four regularly. And I dabble in a few here or there just when there's a topic that looks interesting to me. Um, Facebook groups, um, we've done uh, the book Opening Up. Yeah. We, we have The Ethical Slut. We listened to the podcast, uh, was it Multi Amory? And they yeah. had on the the folks that wrote the book uh, Polyamory Toolkit. Oh so yeah, it's, yeah, and uh, that that episode was really enlightening, and we want to grab that book. That sounds like it'd be a great resource. And but there's a lot that I I don't that doesn't apply to us, and so I take the things that are beneficial from all of these different you know sources, and I leave the stuff that isn't. And, um, a lot, there's online is a a treacherous place. (laughs) The internet scares me a little bit. Um, and so that's not, I haven't dug too deep into it, but, um, I think maybe by doing this, we could attract more people who relate to us and finding a community in that way, um, rather than dabbling in a lot of different things and finding nothing like really secure that fits us. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, it makes sense. sense. And, and uh, yeah, I think you're, you have to filter through resources. There's no, there's no way not to, right. You you have to find what works best for you. So thanks for sharing some of those. And like Finn said, do you have any other thoughts or anything else that you want to say before we end? No, just I love you. Yeah. And thank you for being yeah. my best friend. Oh, thank you. And, uh, you know, as we navigate through all of this, like the most important thing is that, you know, and all of this could go away and he would still be my best friend. So if you start with your best friend and work from there, you can't go wrong. Yeah, no, that that really is the key. Um, God damn it. Yeah. Uh, I get to I get to go to bed and wake up next to my best friend every day. And that is fucking amazing. I mean, that's how we live our life. We live our life like <laughs> we always say this: like mom and dad left us the credit card, and you know, like you kids behave over the weekend, and that's how we live. Like, oh my god, mom and dad are getting so pissed off when they get home. We just hang out and have the best time ever, and it, <sighs> play video games together for twelve hours at a time. Like, yeah. we just get to hang out with our best friend. It's fun. It's yeah, yeah. we're living our best life. That's awesome. (laughs) It's wonderful. And I, yeah, there is definitely something to being friends before having a relationship. There's um, something to that, but it doesn't have to be that way, but it sure works for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for reaching out. And we're so happy that you did. And we're excited to share this episode. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank Ab- you. Absolutely. And we will uh, we will be in touch soon. Okie dokie. All right. Talk later. Bye. Bye. Real sorry about that super long intro. Yeah, that was a longer one. Okay. I wanted to keep it short and then you kept repeating everything I said and it was really You keep talking too. For. You keep talking too. Anyway. False alarm. Anyway, you said anyway. I know I've said that a lot actually this episode, but 
thank you to Eliza and Scott for coming on the show and just being really emotional with us and transparent. It was wonderful to chat with you, and I'm really hoping that a lot of people get a lot out of this show, right? Yeah, like we do every week. Yeah, every week. Well put. Yeah, but thank you. That was the point. Next week. Monday. Oh, we can't do we can't do our normal Monday enthusiasm because we're sharing a house with family. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> In an unexpected fashion. Nevertheless, we do have a Monday episode coming up with, uh-huh. with Don and Dan from the Erotic Awakening podcast. Yes. So stay tuned for that next Monday. We were on their show, though, a little while back. So if you want to hear more of us, which I don't know why you would want to after that 74-minute intro. <laughs> but you can find us over on their show. It was an episode from last month, I believe. Yes, I believe it was episode... You don't even know. It, it was like 601. It was something in one. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes, everyone. Go look there. Until Monday, stay warm. If you're anywhere west of the Mississippi, you're probably like, what do you mean stay warm? If you're east of the Mississippi, you're like, motherfucker, it's cold out. Yeah, pretty much. And so... We are currently east of the Mississippi as well. We're with you. Unfortunately, and we're freezing our asses off. (laughs) So we can relate and uh, we'll keep each other warm. Yeah. Okay. See everyone on Monday.